What's up, guys? Welcome back to Kind of Funnies, the Karate Kid in review. That's right. We are ranking and reviewing the entire canon of the Karate Kid universe. As always, I'm Tim Geddes, joined by the big dog, Kevin Coelho. This is a movie, you know? Like, it, it we, keeps I going know, for Kevin. so long. I do know. <laughs> we got the Nitro Rifle, Andy Cortez. I mean, Kevin, it's not a two-and-a-half-hour movie, but it certainly it felt like It feels like it. <laughs> Making it, his it, return. At one point, I paused it. I was like, 30 minutes? How do I have 30 minutes left? Yeah, yeah. We have the producer slash seducer, Nick Scarpino. What are you going? Seriously, guys, what are you going to do about my hawk? What are you going to do? I'm not going to leave your car until you do. Who cares about your fucking hawk? Get out of my car. Get out of my car. Oh, and of course, we have the man that broke a stick in the woods with the karate chop when he was nine, Josh Makuga. Guys, let me tell you something. If you're going to go to high school in Boston, you better be prepared to deal with a para paramilitary organization <laughs> run by Michael Ironside. <laughs> what the actual fuck, man? So at oh. first, wait, at was first, she I was like, is it a... No, she it was, was a high school. Oh, okay, okay. She was like fifteen. She was basically. I mean, she goes. She, she was went to the senior 15. prom. But I don't know if she. I don't know if she like was a senior or not. But I know like the guy Eric was supposed to be a senior. I guess because they went to the senior prom. What well, I don't understand is like at a senior center, the guy was like fifty. Dude, I mean, <laughs> yeah, that guy's that guy's I, at I, least forty five years old. I know old. we make these jokes all the time. There's like so many movies that we've done where it's like this person is clearly thirty eight years old. They're supposed to be a twenty one year old. But, but this is like the most egregious of all of them where yep. all of these guys hands down just they they just they all look like cops <laughs> they're all just like they're, <laughs> all, they're all 42 year olds like yeah, oh my walter god goggins Wal walter so goggins cool. looks young for like looks well, yeah, yeah well, walter walt goggins walt walt looks like yeah yeah sorry josh, he goes, josh by, he goes by walt in the credits if you guys notice he goes by yeah. walt goggins yeah. and also too is He's had the same hairline since he started acting. It's unbelievable. Which, which is a severe widow's peak, which would, you know, would move you towards maybe he's 35 and isn't in high school. And then you have the, the guy who's the love interest working as like a trained security man in high school. You can't do that. That's illegal. <laughs> yeah. Well, I can't he, wait at least to talk 25. About this. Guys. We do this every week. You can watch it live on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames, or you can watch it later on youtube.com slash kindoffunny or roosterteeth.com. If you want to get it as a podcast, just search your favorite podcast service for Kind of Funny Reviews. If you want to get the show ad-free, patreon.com slash kindoffunny is where you want to be. Today, we are talking about the next Karate Kid, which was the only Karate Kid movie I had seen until uh, very, very recently because it was Me on too. Disney Channel ad nauseum. I've never seen the movie. Wait, no, you've this never seen. Oh, it. no, no, no! I'm saying the opposite. This was the oh. only one I saw. Oh, this up. was your intro to the franchise. This was, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, released <laughs> on September 9th, 1994. Directed by Christopher Kane, whose previous credits included the Jim Belushi inner city school drama The Principal and Pretty Boy Western Young Guns. Did that do anything for you guys? Young Guns is great. Yeah, Young Guns is amazing. Young Guns too, not so Young much. Guns. What? Mm. Young Guns Kevin. Two? Oh, Emilio Estevez, right? That's what that. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Yes, both yeah, of them are right. Emilio Estevez. Yeah, I mean, Young Guns yeah. and Young Guns Two are they're legendary here with amongst like Mark Ellis, Ken Knapsack. I mean, it, it's like our favorite one of, and it's not Bad Boys. I understand it, but it's basically Bad Boys in Western. Yeah, film. yeah, so, pretty much. Yeah. That's pretty fucking yeah. cool. Yeah. A budget of twelve million dollars, and Andy it shows Andy a box office 
of $8.9 million. Oh, oh, that's so oh bad. man. It's so hard to operate at a loss when your budget's $12 million. Because <laughs> uh, usually oh, we hear man. about these movies and it's like, yeah, this only cost $2 million to make and it made $498 million or whatever. Like It's always like the horror movies that we talk about. But yeah, $12 million to make eight, that is really bad, dude. Yep, yep, yep. And a runtime of way too long. <laughs> Way, so way, long. way too long. An so hour long. and 47 minutes. No Woo. way. God, it felt so much longer. So let's get right into it. Andy, you weren't here last week. You weren't able to buddy. talk about the masterpiece that is Karate Kid 3. So, so now you're, you're you're ready. You're back. It's good to have you back too, Makuga. I know last week we had some version of Terry Silver here. but Yeah. <laughs> but Andy, yeah, what, what my, are your my wife's now pregnant. It's a whole scene. It's uh, crazy. <laughs> Back what are your thoughts, week, Andy Cortez? I missed you all. Uh, I loved last week's movie. This movie was just extremely boring. I, it was hard to care about any second of this movie. <laughs> and we get to the very, very end, and I somehow care even less than I already had. And it becomes entertaining because of how, just because of how dumb it is. Uh, the <laughs> when I think of Eric McGowan and. You know how Henry Cavill had a contract where he couldn't shave his mustache in Justice League when he did reshoot, so they had to CGI out the mustache from mm -hmm. Mission Impossible? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I got to assume that the guy who played Eric McGowan was also filming a movie shot like that was set in 1972, and he couldn't change his hairstyle. Yeah. Because what, like, everything else about this movie, very 90s, right? We're talking about the bad guy's hairstyle, very Sean Hunter, parted down the middle type hairstyles. Yep. But Why cut. is this guy rocking the Mark, uh, um, the Marky Mark Boogie Nights hairstyle? I don't get it. It's like what I fixated on the most. He looks like uh, a male Farrah Fawcett in that like famous yes. poster. It's like a Very feathered, feathery. feathered, Very uh, feathered, Makuga. Yeah, I just yes. I thought this movie was pretty bad top to bottom. And when we're at when we're getting towards the conclusion, before the paramilitary group uh, <laughs> comes down from the ceiling. <laughs> in what? the high school gym what was the uh, fucking point of that <laughs> i don't know but i love when the guy breaks his arm and they're like hey your friend broke your arm and he's like hey man at least he was brave to do it brave enough to do it like, why did you do it in the first place <laughs> anyway before, before we get to that part um we the, they have to figure out we got to have some sort of b plot here and it's the monks bowling yeah <laughs> i just I just don't I just don't understand what the hell the point was of any of this movie. I the thought it was scene. pretty I thought it was pretty terrible, man. Awful movie. Awful movie. But Andy, but Andy, all things being equal, if this if you took one section of this movie out and you could watch it again and again, it would be the monks bowling, right? Like that was the best sure. part of the movie. I, I, I want to like, see that movie. That's the movie yeah, that I want to see. I I do like the idea that they won over, obviously, this very intolerant man when they walk up to his bowling ball. He's like, hey, this ball's real expensive. You better not be using it. And it's like everybody in this movie, if you're a stranger, you like you hate the other person. Like, it's clear. We see Miyagi walk up to the group after uh, McGowan gets his ass beat. And immediately the fucking coach or whatever he is, this drill instructor is like, who the hell are you? <laughs> it's like, maybe he's a parent. I don't yeah, know. Just chill out, bro. <laughs> it's very bizarre. Everybody's so hostile toward everybody in this movie. Uh, it's terrible, dude. But it's, it's one of those things where, like, you, it's not – at first I was like, does she go to a military academy? 
right? Yes. Because we start the movie off with like with Miyagi being honored, and you're like, oh, maybe this, maybe Boston, this part of town is like that's a military academy, and she's yeah. and they've sent her to that school because she has a bad attitude and like and you know she has some issues, so like they're trying to whip her into shape, quote unquote. But then you don't get any other indication that that school is not a normal run-of-the-mill high school except for out on the lawn in front of where all the parents can see michael ironside is just murking all of his students <laughs> one by one like if what is anything this? if there's anything that's consistent with all four of these movies it's that the parents of kids that take karate are awful people don't they're care. like yeah go ahead uh hang out with uh, an old vietnam military guy that's gonna punch you in the throat oh don't worry you guys want to go to a cool school you're gonna hang out with michael ironside who is also a cop but at the school too yeah like there's no consistency all of a sudden he just appears out of nowhere as a cop i don't think he was a Seven. cop though i think he was yeah, just friends he... with the cop and would yeah, like hang out like him. i think he did one of those like uh you know the the Cop neighborhood train. watch things, Cop yeah, train. and neighborhood watch things, and would like go with his friends, which is weird. Got, okay, I, I have you a question. Assume... Oh, go ahead, Kevin. Real quick, just something I don't understand: <laughs> Did Miyagi move into their house and the mom leave, or did yes. they move grandma. to uh, the the grandma left? Yeah, yes. she's gone. She's she gone. not coming back either. Yeah. By the way, wait. So she's that, in California. No, Nick's lying. <laughs> no, no, no I, I just was really confused about that because she didn't seem to know the neighbors. I thought she moved to California with him, which all of that is weird. Why would some woman be like, yeah, I mean, I have no all right, idea. have have my granddaughter and uh, maybe teach her some stuff. Tell her to, you know, teach her to calm down. That's it, weird. Well, so- so what I weird. got from it was that they were like she they were having trouble communicating because obviously sure. her parents had died so she and left. she had to raise this kid. And so they were they were not communicating. So Miyagi was like, hey, I'll stay here with her. You take off, take a little vacation, get like just reset, um, go all the way across the country, stay at my house, and I will just randomly take care of your daughter, who really doesn't know me at all, granddaughter at all. And I will teach her karate and make her a better person. And then and she has a hawk friend. Why was the hawk a part of this movie? Just the hawk. Well, it's the point in the backstory where the hawk gets shot, but like doesn't snitch on anyone, you know? I want to really go back to the hawk gets shot. Yeah, the hawk hawk got shot. Yeah. Right? But they don't tell us how or why. Yeah. It's got a shot. It's got a pass. (laughs) And I want the movie sequel of the hawk getting shot and the monks bowling. Um, I want to get really, really quick. I want to get back to Michael Ironside because I. When, him being sort of the instructor of this place did you did any of y'all have did you grow up in a small town sort of thing because where i grew up there are a lot of teachers that knew my parents back when they were in school right yeah. that was like a common thing oh i knew your dad i knew your mom sure. Blah, blah, blah. sure sure you got to assume there's a lot of parents like wait he got hired to be the what no <laughs> he cannot be coaching like i went to high school with this man he's psycho he's this a, man is a yeah. psycho he's clearly mentally like a very unstable as a very human. unhinged yes right and on, on multiple occasions he like he tells people finish him in like a yeah, kill, kill this him. person yeah. and, and they're like, like what do you think i'm training for you training you for and now kevin let me ask murder. you a they blew up they blew up mcgowan's car <laughs> Yeah, they they have they have crossed. So that that's what's so crazy about this, right? Is obviously the Karate Kid movies get kind of 
more and more absurd as they go on. That's a good point. But like, again, the first Karate Kid was just about bullying, right? It was about, and you kind of understood why Daniel didn't want to tell his mom because he was embarrassed or he thought he should handle it himself. It's it's all those like growing pains of you're you're a teen and you you don't know how to deal with this situation. You don't know that you should go to an adult or a principal and say, hey, this guy's like physically assaulting me. You don't know these things. But in this movie, the very first thing that happens to Hillary Swank I'm like, you need to go to the principal right now, right yeah. fucking now. That's go to any teacher right now. This guy just sexually assaulted you. Like, this is yeah. not cool at all. No. And then it's like, ah, right, we'll teach her some karate for a couple of days. She'll be fun. No, 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 no. Get the cops. Get no, in right now. This guy should be in jail. Cop. She goes to the know, cops. She know, goes but... to the principal. And they, they, like, turn that whole system on its head by being like, the cops and the, and the principal believe the, these kids more than they believe her. It's true, and and that's and that's horrible. But it's just one of those situations where it's so hard to watch and try to have and and have this be a fun movie when that kind of shit, that serious shit, is like happening to your main character. Where like at no point did you think that they were gonna fucking kill Daniel Larusso in the first movie, but in this one you're like, this might end with a murder, like a multiple (laughs) murders and multiple people going to jail. So that when she's like trying to practice her high kick on the rock guard, and I'm like. Get the fucking authorities and like somebody call the federal somebody, government or something. Get someone else involved in this. Legitimately, this guy is running an illegal like. Okay, so first of all, they're dressed like SS agents. He has yeah, them like in all black with a red patch on their shoulder. Who approved that one? Okay, <laughs> then My he's basically. Inside. <laughs> yeah, Ironside's like yeah, make them Nazis. I'm into the SS. <laughs> And as somebody, okay, this is good, like one of those, you know, name dropper situations. He came into a Collider Live like a few years ago. Hell yeah, the guy yeah. is very serious in person, and I did not like him much at all. He was, <laughs> Damn. He, he was like kind of mean. Like he was definitely a surly old man. So the fact that he is Michael Ironside in real life as he is on the movie. Like every Michael Ironside character is Michael Ironside, right? Like he's not he's not going to come out and be like, hey, Kevin, I bought you a brand new toy for Christmas. It's a big pudgy little porg. I'm so excited to give it to you. Michael Ironside would literally rip the porg in front of your face and punch you in the neck. Like that is what this is. And so he's now training men, like bull, like high school. These kids are clearly men. They're in their early 30s, but they're in, in high school. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And he's training them to literally be killers. And the principal's like, welcome to high school. We we have killers on the list. We approve of this. Instead of a crossing guard or like a hall monitor, it's literally SS agents in a high school. At one point, he says, if you see a kid drop a candy wrapper, make him eat the candy wrapper. And the (laughs) the other guy's like, yeah, okay, that seems like Uh, 1994. This movie is very bad, and awesome. it, it, it it bummed me out because I've been having such a good time with this franchise, as you all know. Uh, but this is truly, truly everything wrong with these movies, and it does none of the things right. And that really sucks because the, there's a couple things about this that could have been cool. I like the idea that for the first time we're getting a uh, relationship with Miyagi that isn't immediately accepted. Like, that she doesn't want to work with him necessarily. We haven't seen that before. But they don't really do it that well. Then we get the whole her having to learn her specific move to be able to take things down with the rock kick. I'm a, I'm just a huge fan of that. Learning the thing, overcome, be, have the moment at the end. But it, it's so lame. 
and it's so <laughs> not practical at all for so like for karate that it's like the crane kick was like i love it we're getting this, this is gonna be the the little like the, the the drum the spin drum thing cool i love it this is like all right, go dance with the monks some more. What the fuck is this goddamn movie? It was, yeah, and it, it was. It's weird. insane in all the wrong ways. Of like, I love when things just get like, and now Terry Silver's here, and he's the best friend or whatever. And like, all that storyline's insane. But what we've all talked about for the last twenty I, minutes I of last this episode, this para- oh. yeah, you did, Andy. <laughs> but uh, the paramilitary stuff, like the fact that we're using the words paramilitary, <laughs> like it's just from the get go of this it movie, is. truly bizarre, and it never is bizarre in a fun way it's always yeah. bizarre in a way that takes you out of it where you're like but why is this yeah. happening why like okay you know what it reminds me of it just reminds me of a really bad 90s like an episode of buffy the vampire slayer this doesn't read yeah. to me as a movie it doesn't yeah. seem like this came out in theaters this is a straight up disney channel straight to tv like someone got the rights to the karate kid but they can't call it karate kid part four so like the the lawyers are like what about the next karate kid and the producer's like fine just fucking make it whatever and the sad part about it is hillary swank is an amazing actor like if you've ever seen boys don't cry or yeah i know she's fucking great and so the fact that this whoever directed this movie was like no 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 i want you to just run around like a fucking deranged 12 year old the entire time and just just slide it in about your hawk. Every single situation you have, just just wait a second. And when someone asks you if you want coffee, be like, my hawk. Nick, they got rid of Freddy Fernandez so quick in the first one. And they kept this hawk around until the last scene. It's the yeah. last shot. It's the hawk. Well, actually, technically, the speaking, technically speaking, the last shot is a sailboat, which I have noted here because the hawk Sorry. leaves the frame right as it freeze frames. So we're just looking at a okay. sailboat and a small schooner. But that's okay. pretty much okay. I really thought that's... Freddie Fernandez was going to be the pizza delivery driver that almost killed her. I really that thought that amazing. was going to be him. When she does the tiger crouch onto the hood of the car. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, it is time let's get to the plot. the plot. Tell us all about Miyagi and Julie son. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the next Karate Kid or Karate Kid Part 4 as I kept typing it over and over again and wondered why it didn't come up in IMDb. <laughs> this starts in the most unlikely of places at a uh, the United States military. They are honoring Miyagi and his old squad mates with the 442nd, uh, and Danielson is dead. Uh, Miyagi and Luisa Pierce, <laughs> Miyagi's buddy's wife, accept the special accommodation. Uh, this is back in Boston, of course. Miyagi heads back to Luisa's house for a home-cooked meal where he meets Julie, who is an asshole to him. She is just, just an worst. asshole. Uh, and this is why, Kevin, we don't have teenagers. They do drugs, and they're all rude, and they're all kind of stinky. Julie and her mom don't get along. Excuse me, Grandma, don't get along. Uh, then Louisa calls her Susan for some reason, which I guess was her daughter's name, which is Julia's mother's name, which I guess happens because my mom still calls me Matt uh, because I think she still wants me to be my brother. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Louisa's asks for help. Louisa asks for help, and Miyagi tells her, "Listen, you got sometimes you got to water the flowers." And she's like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" He goes, "Water the flowers in California." <clears throat> that doesn't make any more sense to me. You just yeah. added a state's name on top of that weird, vague statement. And then she, he goes, "I want you. Why don't you go out to my house in California? Chill out there. Water the flowers there. We'll water the flowers here. Congratulations. You just started learning karate." 
And Luis is like, I am a 74-year-old grandmother. I do not want. I don't want to learn karate. I don't want to learn karate. I'm good. Uh, Pretty. Not sure if you can tell. My bones are brittle and I'm under AARP. I can't do karate. Yeah, they won't won't insure me if I go into a fucking blood sport at 73. Julie. I will will say that Julie, you know, obviously uh, we we already talked about Hillary Swank and her accolades and how she's won an Oscar and stuff. But. I think she was like 19 or 20 when she was filming this movie. And this must have been right before she became a good actor. Cause like, it had to have been. She this, was this before not, or after boys don't cry. Let's she look. is I mean. not good in this movie. It is. I, I, I thought I was under the impression this movie was a lot newer than it really was. I mean, guys, this in three years, this movie will be 30 years old. Like, that is <laughs> the most wild thing of all time. This movie was made uh, in, in, uh, it came out in 1994 so i was under the impression this movie came out like late 90s ish and when i saw it was 94 and then when i saw mcgowan's hairstyle i was like is it 84 who knows <laughs> who, who knows, knows when this movie is made oh, i'm There's, sorry guys you know what's, <laughs> what's crazy that, like andy you're so right it's not even i don't even think it's shot on a normal camera it's like a okay video camera and i I'll, <laughs> I'll be honest, at points, I don't know if there was a script. Like, I think they just said, hey, uh, you got to yell at your grandma. And she's like, I got this. Don't, I don't need words on a page. I'm Hillary Swank. I say my own lines. I'll and be then, good in three years. Yes. <laughs> and then she forgot what her lines were and just yelled words at her grandma. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Julie, of course, we catch up with her. And she is uh, breaking into her school to feed her pet hawk, which she has hidden on the roof uh, until its wing heals. Now, why she can't do this during normal school hours when she is there five days a week is utterly beyond me. But apparently she likes to just trip silent alarms. And by the way, Kevin, um, when you have an alarm system, this is a science for Kevin question. Andy, can you please? Science, science, science with Kev. When you have an elaborate alarm system at a high school, does it behoove you to display that in the middle of the main hallway so that anyone that's breaking in can see where they've tripped an alarm? Was it in the middle of the hallway? I thought it was in a security room. I, I don't know. She just ran past it. It was like, boop, boop. But it had like every window listed in yeah. like a, in the fucking I, red I, light. I, I like, like that. I, you know, not a bad It's old thing. school, man. It's analog. Uh, unfortunately, the cops show up to spoil the party. So she Wait, throws quick, a Why doesn't mark. she just have the bird, the hawk, at her house? Do you think that's something the mom would be or grandma would be like, uh, hot, no no good? I think that it's that's an interesting question because the grandmother, who, of course, has now raised two generations of people, uh, might look at that and say, huh, she's taking an interest in something and she's 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 healing this thing. And this is a very positive thing. Let's kill this. We have to just drive. You know what I mean? Like, of course, she I like put it in the back fucking yard. We'll put a cage for it. We'll help you. And then maybe this will lead to you being a vet. A big bird vet, which, by the way, if you ever watch that on uh, on, on a lot of Discovery money, big Channel, bird vetting. awesome. They got to like climb trees and get eagles and shit out of trees. It's it's so cool. Is there really <laughs> a big bird, bird vet show? There's um yeah, I forget what it's called, but uh, it's not called Big Bird Vet. But they basically it's like Thank it falls over people Thank in like God. Alaska, where like they get a call. And she's like, we got to go, guys, and it's like a fire department, and they got to bring the ladder up, and then she's got to get like a an eagle that's been impaled on a branch off. But then they have to Tim. <laughs> 
they got to put the little blinder on them first because they're freaking out. They're freaking out. But the second they put the blinder on them, which is just basically like a blindfold, they just get all docile. <laughs> it's the fucking I love this best. show. It is the best. Anyway, the cops show up and Hillary Swank throws a fucking ginormous flashlight at it and probably just like knocks one of them silly. Uh, thankfully, both the cops fucking are fucking laziest them. cops ever. They're out of shape, man. They got These a lot guys of are me energy. These okay, guys are uh, high school cops, man. They're not trying to fucking. They're they're retired. These are the sunset as, years for these cops. As an aside to Nick's point and the question Kevin raised about bringing the hawk home, okay, I just like to revisit that real quick in the sense of, okay, everybody, these paramilitary guys. Uh, I just looked up the one guy's name, Michael Cavallari. Okay, mm-hmm. he was like the main guy main who guy. eventually was in a bunch of Sopranos episodes. Okay, so zero lip, upper lip, by the way. Like where's zero guy's upper, upper lip? lip. I mean, yeah. he, it, it nose went straight to his mouth. There was nothing yeah. in between there. Yeah. Um, so he knows everything that goes on at the school because he's like the head of the super hall monitors, whatever you want to call them. I mean, th- <laughs> we never, the funny thing is, Enforcers. we never even got a name for the group. There wasn't, they didn't say like, yeah. oh, these no, guys. No, they had a cool the, name. Didn't they have a cool name? It? Alpha Force. Alpha yeah. League. Wait, it Alpha was, Force is an Alpha League. You're right. <laughs> Alpha League. Alpha League. Okay, Alpha, Alpha League, yeah. Alpha Still, League, which is, they were like, uh, Alpha setting. Force, and someone else is like, we're going to get sued by Marvel. We can't call them Alpha Force. <laughs> I mean, here's Alpha the thing. Fl- or Alpha Flight, I, mean, I think, is the, uh, sorry, dude, Alpha Flight's the X-Men. Yeah. You're making comparisons to Marvel, and all these dudes look like the missing people with the super soldier sin- uh, serum inside yes. of them. Like, all of these guys look like they have grown at least, like, two feet tall. Nobody <laughs> looked like this in high school, dude. Nobody. Nobody. No. Yeah. We had this anyway. one big fat guy in my high school that had a full beard at like 14, but th- that was the only old guy in my high school. Anyway, just, but real quick, to go into that. So, so Ned, the head of the Nazi hall monitors, right, knows His everything in the school. Not be Ned. Ned, it's oh, not. Ned. It shouldn't be so Ned. the other guy's name like, should be Ned because Ned's Chainsaw. sort of like the name of the benign guy, you know? Yeah. Or His name should be like Hawk, you know? <laughs> or Snake. Or maybe Snake Dennis. and Dennis. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, Snake and Dennis. Uh, this Ned guy knows everything going on at the school, and he waits until, like, the last scene to kill the hawk or to, like, kidnap the hawk. He's known it's been there the whole time, but he's not going to do anything about it. Uh, again, script. Well, I don't yeah. think – I don't think – I think they figured it out later when she breaks yeah. in again and they catch her because apparently Michael Ironside's like, hey, you don't need sleep. You don't need to eat. I need you to go monitor and protect the school at night until someone – show whoever broke in shows back up. So these poor guys are pulling double shifts doing the SS training in the morning and then they have to fucking protect the military school at night. And they're probably just like, man, I'm just tired. I, I would love to go back to a normal job at a coffee shop or a Jamba Juice. I digress. Back to the plot. Uh, let's see. Both cops are out of shape, so she gets away. When she gets home, uh, her Mima tells her she's absconding to California and leaving Julie in the hands of Mr. Miyagi, a man she has never met before, which and that makes no sense. Miyagi drops Lisa off at the airport and then offers to make Julie a special dinner for her birthday, and she tells him to go fucking sand the floor. Uh, once at school, we meet the new Cobra Kai's, now called the Alpha League, a group of really well-groomed oh, dorks indeed. who tuck their T-shirts into their jeans. And yeah. let me tell you guys, I know this was the look in the 90s. You guys probably don't remember this because you guys were kids and probably like way more fashionable. But if you tucked your shirt into your jeans with like one of those braided belts in the 90s, fuck, <laughs> you were cool. Those you were so cool. Belts. Yeah. The, the amount yeah. of the amount of girls that were that would flock to a human with a tucked in T-shirt in high school. Holy cow. It's, it's so insane. dope. Now, if you tucked it in after the 90s, you were a giant dork, ginormous yeah. dork. Correct. You were uh, out on th- your life. 
Yeah, you got to get out of there. Uh, Ned catches up to Julie escaping, cl- catches Julie escaping class, and just immediately sexually and physically assaults her. And at this point, I'm like, wow, this guy is just committing crimes here. Uh, he needs to be put in jail. Michael Ironside, uh, uh, his character's Colonel Dugan, catches them and takes her to the office where she tells the principal that, she, that he's like, she's been smoking. And she's like, I've been fucking smoking. And he's like, I don't believe the principal's like, I don't believe you. To which, Kevin, any smoker on the planet would have been like, smell me. Yeah. Do I yeah. smell like that cigarettes? That would have made a lot of sense. Smell my hands. And I know I don't mean that in any way. I just mean like if my hand reeks of cigarettes, then I have been smoking. If not, this dude's a piece of shit. This dude's a piece of shit. I like to file a formal complaint. I'm going to own this school. I'm going to get a lawyer. We're going to own this fucking school. Uh, guys, Eric really I mean, wants like a class one felony. What he did to. It's straight up a felony. Stuff. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, then we meet Eric, who really wants to be an alpha league, and these two have zero chemistry, which makes sense because Eric is a 45-year-old adult. <laughs> Ned tells Ju- Eric that Julie is his, and I'm immediately uncomfortable with all of this. And then Eric uh, watches her go into the bathroom, waits a couple seconds, then goes, oh, I wonder where she went, and just walks into the women's bathroom. Who runs this school? Oh, my God. I went to I went to high school in the 90s, and if I did this shit, I would have been in serious fucking trouble. Yeah. Also, the, bad, the guy who plays uh, Eric – is the bad guy in the movie Brink? Oh, oh no, not Brink, is? not Brink. Sorry, downhill. No, Airborne. 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 That's right. Yeah, that's but he wasn't the bad guy. He wasn't the bad guy. He was just misunderstood, and they're friends at the end, weren't they? No, yeah, he, was, he wasn't the bad guy. He was the brother, was the brother of, of, of the, girl. the girl that Mitchell oh, Goosen fell in love. Yeah, that's he was right. Anti- yeah, I mean, he was like he didn't want pretty boy surfer dating his sister. Right, you know? but then right. they shake hands at the end, and he goes, "You can, you can bang my sister." We were. He was Blaine. Was Blaine like the guy with the, the blonde hair? And his oh, other right, that's right. Played Wait. on another hockey team. Guys, Airborne is an amazing movie. It's like an amazing movie. It's so yeah. much better than the one where they just Stop. say "just keep skating" or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> when, when, we, when we were introduced to these two characters, I was like, "No, they're like this is clearly a teacher walking up, right? This is a teacher." <laughs> yeah, yeah. So anyway, Eric follows her up to the roof where he discovers her secret hawk. Uh, Julie threatens him with a bunch of just stupid bullshit that this is like the stuff that you're like, just throw this in for, we'll figure out the scene during the day and they just never rewrote this because she's like, I'll put sugar in your tank and I'll start a bad rumor about you and all. And and this is such a perfect 12 years old. Like how old is this character supposed to be? This is a perfect moment that like Andy's totally right. There was no script. Everyone is just like. All right, Hillary, just just insult him. Like, fi- figure out some things that would get him motivated. Okay, go ahead. Don't worry, we'll, we'll cut you. some of them out. We'll cut some of them out. And then they did. Right, they, and they kept them all in. And the editor was like, "Were they supposed to cut this stuff?" <laughs> uh, anyway, Colonel Dugan is very intense. He orders Alpha League to make kids eat candy wrappers, and then beats the shit out of all of his students in plain sight right on the front lawn. Uh, Dugan assaults Eric, and Miyagi steps in, telling Dugan about a bull in his village growing up, and the whole village ate the bull, which is and then completely confounds Dugan. Dugan's like, "Wait a minute." Who's the bull in this situation? What is this? Who ate the bull? And the guy's like, "We ate the bull." And he's like, "Am I the bull?" What, Miyagi? You're 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 getting a little far out there with your lessons here, buddy. Anyway, we get the point. Julie yet again badgers Eric to find out if he's going to rat her out about Angel, but Eric just wants to show her his car. Uh, and then he goes, "Hey, let's let's Pretty hang out. Let's dope go car. My, dope car. Let's go over to the train yard where I am a part time security guard." Um, and, and then he goes, "I want to show you something really special to me. I want to show you the best view in the city." And then he takes her fifteen feet up onto a train <laughs> and goes, "Doesn't the world look different from up here?" And she goes, "No, it doesn't look any different than it did fifteen feet below. Yeah. This is not a skyscraper. We're not in the staff. We're not at the fucking top of the Sears Tower like Ferris Bueller did, and they look down. That's a different view. This." Is a train yard where we're all going to get tetanus. 
What Eric doesn't mention is that he actually bought that car brand new off the assembly line because he's 10 years older than actually where that car was made. Yeah, yeah this is saying. back when he was working in Detroit in, in the 1970s. Correct. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. Uh, anyway, his, got it. we get a little backstory about Eric here. His dad walked out on them six years ago, so he had to get a job to help his family. Then he joined Alpha League so he can get into the Air Force Academy and become a fighter pilot. And at this point, I'm like, wait a now minute. Now there's too many plots. <laughs> well, no, because Josh, this is what I thought. Fighter pilots, Air Force. Dugan has the ability to know to get people into the Air Force fighter program. Michael Ironside played Jester in Top Gun. Is this movie tied to Top Gun? Shared universe, Nicholas. Shared, Shared universe. universe, Tim. You think you think Fast and Furious is cool with Hobbs and Shaw? Wait until fucking Tom Cruise shows up and learns karate from Mr. Miyagi. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I would pay to see that. Oh, God, I would too, man. I, I think uh, it is woo. a shared universe because in Top Gun, Michael Ironstein is also destroying fucking 16-year-olds. Like, oh, my God. Lawn. Yeah, but that <laughs> kind of makes more sense because he's... <laughs> Training people to actually go to war? In this one, it makes no sense. Anyway, Julie never thinks about the future. All she cares about is Angel and being super mad all the time. Uh, and, and again, I had a note in here that's like Hillary Swank is just playing this character so young. It's Dude, just weird. That was another uh, moment of like terrible, terrible writing. What do you mean you never think of the future? Go ahead and ask me what I'm planning to do tomorrow. I don't know. <laughs> the day after that? I don't know. What about in two I minutes? Mean, I just want to make sure my hawk's okay. Here, here's what I'm gonna say. Here's what I'm gonna say, to you guys. Thanks, Kevin. When I was That's in high school, when I was in high school, I didn't think about the future either. I just thought about where my next cigarette was gonna come from or what burrito I was gonna get next. That's what high school kids are for. In fact, I bet if you, Kevin Spencer is in college, isn't he? I bet if you reach out to him, you're like, "What's your plan for the day?" He goes, "I don't fucking know," because kids don't have plans. He's nobody, asleep. nobody. Nobody's trying to fucking climb train yards and raise hawks and, and and figure out how to become a naval fighter pilot. It doesn't make also, any sense. She didn't have, there weren't like asleep. really any other people in the school. Like, I didn't see anybody else at the school but the paramilitary organization and Hillary Swank. That was yeah. it. Well, they only had no, $8 million. No, like a for bunch $9 million of like 12 year olds walking around. Yeah. Like, everyone that wasn't them was like the appropriate age or a little too young to be yeah. in high school. <laughs> Um, later that day, Miyagi walks in on her changing, gets really embarrassed. Uh, he used to barge in on Danielson changing all the time. Never seemed to bother either of those people because boys will be boys. Um, Miyagi brought, I mean, I don't know, did you ask Daniel? Maybe he was like, fucking, how about a lock on my door? Bro? Hey, old I mean, man. Cool that we're friends, but like, I do need some privacy every once in a while. You got to fucking. That was all, that was fucking weird. And I just like, the, the way that they talk about Daniel in this movie is just so. He's dead. Flipping. Right. <laughs> yeah. like he might as well be fucking dead. We don't know what happened to Daniel, but it, it wasn't like, good. Maybe the bonsai it, tree shop went went south. Maybe he's out in California running that bonsai. Uh, well, that's right. what I'm saying. Is like Daniel Sun couldn't join because he was knee deep in receipts from all the bonsai trees they sold. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. They're, they're, that does I imagine crushing out there. I just um, love though that there's this whole like it. It must have been a long time where Miyaki wasn't with Daniel, and it's like, what happened? What? Yeah. How did Miyaki get here? <laughs> I mean, at this point, Daniel's got to be in his mid-20s, right? So we assume that he's just a full-blown man and Miyagi can do whatever he wants because he's got he's cashing in all those bonsai checks. Well, but I mean, not, I don't know. Karate Kid 3 was 90, 89, right? So this is five years later. So, yeah. Daniel and he was supposed to be starting college, so he would be technically 23, 24. 23. Yeah, 24. 23. Yeah. That's enough. For, I mean, when I was 23 years old, my parents didn't give a shit where I was either. So it why, worked out pretty why well. Why would it suddenly switch to, like, accurate timing? Like, the first three... Uh, Karate Kid movies take place over a span of one year. Wait, you're right. It is Karate Kid 3 technically takes place in 1985. That's true. 
Yeah. So I mean, but we don't know. That's we don't. Good, have I'm happy we're doing that. this show to get to the bottom of the real question. When they first yes. introduced Miyagi, though, well, not when they first introduced him, rather, but it, when he, I guess, drops off Grandma at the airport and they're driving back, and Miyagi's like, "Hey, I'm going to be taking care of you." Blah blah blah. Very reminiscent of Yoda in these scenes, where when we're first introduced to Yoda, he's just kind of kooky and weird. And the, I had the same sort of vibe here from Miyagi when they're in the car, and he's like, "What do you want? What do you want for dinner?" It's your, birthday or what i forgot what the the it's celebration yeah, yeah it's her birthday or whatever so he's like what what dinner do you want do you want sashimi do you want this and that and he's just kind of this kooky old man like yeah, laughing it, and like <laughs> i'm crazy but it wasn't you know? her birthday her birthday no. was no, in a couple weeks was the, yeah yeah weeks later monastery right, right. I, I mean just I think he, was, he was just trying yeah, to be nice just trying to, yeah trying to be nice conversation how did it how did this woman come to the like mental terms of like being like all right Fuck this kid. I can't stand him anymore. Well, sure. Miyagi's cool. Miyagi's cool. He'll take care of her. I have to imagine that her, she knew Miyagi very well because Miyagi was best friends with her husband. So I have to imagine it would be like how close we all are. And, and I would feel, you know, like if we were having issues, like sometimes you send your kid to like a, 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 you know, your brother or your, or an uncle, whatever, just to kind of like get him out of the environment. That didn't bother me so much. What bothered me was her, being like, I'm just going to peace the fuck out and not worry about anything that's happening with my teenage granddaughter who's having rage issues, and I'm not sure why. And it turns out There's those no- rage issues are because she's being bullied and, and like, abused in school Assaulted. and needs someone to come help her out of this. That's kind of weird. Anyway, uh, let's go back to him teaching her karate. <laughs> Miyagi wants to – let's see. He brings home all of her homework, but Julie once again is like, I don't give a shit about anything. And then Miyagi says, ambition without knowledge is like a boat on dry land. And she's like, I don't like boats. I like hawks. And she leaves. <laughs> Uh, Miyagi wants to teach her something. (laughs) Yeah, but then she like insults his English, and then she almost gets hit by a pizza delivery guy. But she jumps onto the hood of a car like a psychopath, (laughs) (laughs) and just like (laughs) like kisses the the guy. He's like, Jesus Christ! I love how I love how unnecessary (laughs) the guys like. Oh my God! I I need this job. I gotta go deliver this pizza. Please don't make a big deal. Oh, me almost then, killing like, you. And then they're back in the house, and you still hear, "I'm sorry. Don't do this. I'm sorry." <laughs> are you guys sure? Are you guys sure it's okay? Are you sure? It's so anyway. weird. But and uh, I love that that's the... The... Oh, go ahead, Josh. No, I was gonna say that's the, the, her jumping onto the car is the literal inciting incident of the whole movie. It's yeah. Like, and oh. She knows, I, she knows karate. <laughs> I I love the I love this conversation that's about to happen because again, you know, Miyagi's like, "Hey, where'd you learn how to do that?" And she's he like, says, uh, "Where no. did you learn tiger position?" Yeah, yeah. Jump she's like, "You jumped, you jumped in when you almost got hit by a car," and she's like, "I don't know what you're talking about." But then she eventually sort of, you know, uh, says, "Yes, you know, my dad did t- t- uh, did teach me karate," and you got to assume that Miyagi like. When he saw that, I was like, fuck, we're about to do karate right now. Yeah, like, we're it's been a while. Yeah, I'm back. Not only did he say, fuck, we're about to do karate. He Like the next morning he went, got his towels. He's like, wax on, wax off. Oh, yeah, she's yeah. going to clean the shit out of these cars. She's and gonna... then she was like, nah, I've already kind of done that training. And he was like, okay, all right, yeah, let's just skip that part. Go babysit. 
Never mind. No karate. <laughs> oh, uh, oh, 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 no. Oh. Um, they have a they have a scene here, of course, where she says like her parents died, and that's why she's she's angry because everyone like leaves her and she's she feels alone, all that stuff. Uh, and then Miyagi tells her that her parents' true legacy is the karate that he taught her father and his father taught her and that's her true legacy and she's like you know what i would actually prefer my parents true legacy be there in my life still um and then they stared at each other awkwardly for a couple of beats and then she was like i'm never gonna let you teach me karate and then left uh that scene didn't happen <laughs> anyway um and then she has a question for him where she's confused by all this and he says answers are only are only important when you ask the right question and she's like god damn are you fucking confoundingly confusing sir i'm gonna go somewhere else uh julie plays loud rock music and hangs her stockings from the ceilings at least i think those are stockings i'm not quite sure they could have been dried salami i really pay attention too close to this part in the movie uh julie wants to do karate in case dugan's guy she changes her mind real quick she says i want to do karate in case dugan's guys try to hassle me and at this point i'd be like what do you mean these this group of guys are hassling you and I would have been like, let's 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 sit down with maybe like a therapist. Examine this. Start yeah. examining this a little bit. What do you mean by this group of well, jacked point, out steroided fucking dudes are bothering you? At this What's point, he, he had gone to pick her up already at school and saw the paratroopers. So he right. understood like, oh, these are the people you want to defend yourself from. Right. Yeah. Uh, Miyagra offers to teach her a lesson for two math papers, one history paper, and she agrees. He tells cool. her to wax the car. She tells him to go fucking pound sand again. She's like, I'm going to go to the mall. And then yeah. she goes, you know what? I really do want to go to the, the the mall. Um, can I? But I need some money. He's like, well, that's cool because I, I lined up some babysitter, a babysitter job for you. And at this point, I was like, oh, cool. He's going to give her all these balls, and then she's going to secretly learn how to like deflect the balls because no. he trained these kids in karate too, and he's got this whole little group. And then the kids and Hillary Swank are going to go against the Alpha League and fuck them up. No. They just shoot Nerf balls at each other, and there's like no a, point to the scene whatsoever. Nick, you didn't think that. You didn't think that. She <laughs> Dude, I, I legitimately thought there was no, some setup not. with it. Like, why did he bring more things? He's like, hey, uh, you look like you're having a hard time. This is going to make them Let's worse. weaponize them. <laughs> well, I thought I thought it was going to play into the karate training to some degree, but it turns out it was just a wacky montage. The, <sighs> the kids that were shooting, like, the Nerf guns and stuff, they... There was maybe only one scene of where one of them smiled, but for the most part, these kids were, they're going to grow up and be in the middle of the paramilitary group. Their parents had also died, but they didn't find a hawk. So they hawk, were going man, through man. this war shit. Right. Yeah. Miyagi's like, can I get a hawk? Another hawk. I need another hawk. Like, <laughs> I'll tell you, you know, if you don't have a hawk, I'll take an eagle. <laughs> Whatever you can. Falcon. <laughs> Uh, Julie sneaks out that again that night to feed her hawk and the Alpha League once again attack her. So she breaks the fire alarm and jets. Uh, when she tries to tell the cops what happened, Dugan shows up and he and he basically he hauls her in and he's like, she's a, she's a bad egg. Uh, let's see. And Miyagi the cops picks- are like, yeah, you know what? You seem like a really level-headed guy who deserves all of our trust, uh, right. especially in the policing of our community. So whatever you says go, whatever you say goes. Don't worry about actually urging kids to murder one another. No, yeah. this deal. this scene is so scary. They it, did like really the Jurassic scary. Park thing. They did the Jurassic Park Velociraptor thing in the kitchen where he's walking around like, "Where you at, Julie? Yeah, I just want to talk." And he like throws the fucking chair. Like this guy is gonna run into a lot of crime in the future. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, like what, like, like the, he unstable. Was, it seemed like he was trying to rape her, and that's like right. Yeah. Like that yeah. was the yeah, the yeah, end definitely. goal of catching. Like. It's very scary. I, it's not good. It's, yeah, no, it's really bad. Like, yeah, you don't have to be this and, extreme all the time. And then right? when he grabs her and he's like on the staircase and she's trying to hit the fire alarm, yeah, he's got her by very, like the very, back of the thigh. Yeah, yeah, very scary stuff. 
Um, so the next morning, Miyagi goes to pick her up from the slammer, and she tells him about her pet hawk, Angel. Um, oh, I'm sorry, that that night. The next morning, Julie asks Eric to help feed her hawk while she and Miyagi head out of town because at this point, she has been suspended. And when he goes, what did you get suspended for? She's like, eh, don't worry about it. <laughs> I'd have been like, um, I got suspended because that group of guys that you're hanging out with tried to fucking like murder me, basically. So yeah. maybe you don't hang out with those guys anymore. Are, I, I, th- does it seem like... Um, <laughs> Not enough sort of chemistry has been grown here between her and McGowan because suddenly he's yeah. like, are you going to miss me? I want to miss you. And it's like, where is this coming yeah. from? Like, I, <laughs> I mean, like, I'm not going to trade one. I feel like we we missed hawk. two weeks of them dating every day. Yeah. Kevin, yeah. I, agree. I, am, I like to imagine they did, but also it's it's just one of those things where it's like, man, like that's a, I'd have been like, I don't know if I if we're quite there yet for me to feed your hawk. Like, that's a pretty big commitment. <laughs> I think, you know, should. like, I didn't start feeding my wife's hawk until like three years into our <laughs> yeah. relationship. And all yeah. I, could see I don't know what that means. <laughs> I don't know what that means. No, Danielle I, would not ever have a hawk. You bring up a solid point. Hawks are like very dangerous animals. Those things will literally rip your face off. He's like, it's not like, hey, can you feed my Shih Tzu puppy? No, it's, hey, can you feed this extremely wild animal bird that's been known to literally pick up small animals and tear them to shreds? He's like, I yeah. got you. I'm yeah, in a paramilitary yeah. group. I can do whatever. I'm also 60. So yeah. I've been around the block a few times. I got if a lot I, of experience. If I had a crush on a girl and she was like, can you, I, I'm leaving out of town. I have a python. Can you come feed it? Like, no, absolutely not. <laughs> if I'm going to do that. I'm going to do something. I'm going to be fine. No, I've done no. a lot of dumb things for girls, though. So it's like, I, you know, I, I can see if someone asked me to feed a hawk, I'd consider it. But you know what? I like, definitely would do. Oh, uh, wait, 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 wait. What? Manscaped, baby. Oh, I would manscape. Oh, 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 2020 sucked. It's New Year, new balls with the with our sp- sponsor, Manscaped. Manscaped is the best in men's below the waist grooming, offering precision engineered tools for your family jewels and helping two million men all over the world get rid of hair on their balls if you let yourself go in 2020 while in quarantine manscaped is here for you to reboot stay clean and shaved in 2021 come out of quarantine with clean balls thanks to the lawnmower 3.0 this waterproof and skin safe trimmer will reduce nicks to your two best friends and we all know we need to reduce the nicks in our lives uh manscaped even threw in their shed travel bag to keep all your goodies stored comfortably uh i used manscaped yesterday so i am Looking pretty slick down there, guys. <laughs> I'm sure you're all thrilled about that. Uh, you can get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com slash morning. Your balls will thank you. A guy with hairy balls is like the year 2020. Don't be that guy. Go to manscaped.com slash morning for 20% off and free shipping. Back to the show. Oh. Eric agrees to take her Julie's <laughs> hawk. And here are Miyagi sucks. out of town. Uh, Miyagi, uh, at, once they get to a random filling station on the outskirts, apparently, like, by the way, Boston, major metropolitan city, but the second you go outside, you just get red redneck podunk hicks who are super racist and just want to assault people uh, because they stop it. This guy loses his shit over his dog, like, so being fast. calm. Like, hey, you calmed down my dog. Now he sucks. It's just like, yeah. all right. Okay, uh, so Miyagi then proceeds to beat their asses uh, because they threaten Julie and again physically assault her too. One of the guys puts his hands on her. This is one of those things where I'm like, again, this is we're doing yep. a lot of like this, a lot of phone calls to the police should be happening here. 
Um, and I get that in Dugan's case, I liked like I guess there's a backstory we could be like, okay, look, maybe they fought the war together and the sheriff's like his buddy, so he's not gonna like prosecute or anything. But we're like out of that jurisdiction now. <laughs> like at some point we've driven two hours outside of that German state. There's gotta be another <laughs> cop someplace that doesn't know who this Dugan guy is. Anyway, he beats their asses. Uh, and then she goes, Wow, you really fucking kicked ass back there. And he's like, Yeah, I know. And not really. And she's like, no, you really did. And he's like, he says something profound here that I forgot to write down. So we'll just keep yeah, going. Something anyway. like, you know fighting how, is like, like water. You never know what you're going to get or whatever. Yeah. Nailed it. Uh, but did you also notice how weird, like, the editing of that scene was? It was like, all right, you're, it's, the director's there. And he's like, all right, and we're in the car. And it's right after the fight and action. And Hillary Swank is like, you, like, you really did it back there. They're not even near the gas station anymore. They're in a completely mm -hmm. different area. She's still looking behind, like, hey, back they there, you really did it. Like, Where? In the farm? No. <laughs> oh, that's what he said. So he said, I, I forget. At one point, I don't know if it was here or not, but he had the most profound thing Mr. Miyagi's ever said. He said, you should avoid fighting at all costs, but if you have to fight, win. And I'm like, really, really fucking Woo! cool line. That's fucking cool as shit. That's uh, so then they head to a random Buddhist temple, I assume, uh, where Miyagi meditates all morning. And Julia runs around screaming for him like she's 10 years old. Uh, Miyagi teaches Julia how to jump kick in the Zen rock garden. And the entire time here, I'm thinking, surely the destruction of this beautiful sands uh, yep. uh, pattern is going to play into her karate training at some point, but she just runs amok in the sand garden and never has any consequences. Uh, of course, then he does this. Uh, oh, that's where he is. Uh, it drops some more knowledge on her. Says like, "Hey, you'll know when to fight when you fully respect yourself and others." And then she gets like hit in the rear with a sandbag, and he's like, "You got to learn to mind your surroundings, young Bruce Wayne." Uh, at dinner, Julie tries to kill a cockroach, but uh, but one of the monks saves it. Uh, of course, all life for for monks like this are is precious. Julie did not know that. Of course, she's never seen seven years in Tibet like I have. That's did anybody, a Brad Pitt slap. Did anybody think that the uh, that movie the slaps. monk was going to eat the cockroach? The cockroach? I thought he was going to. Yeah, for a second. <laughs> did, did anyone? Oh no! Did anyone ever think that like? Oh, I'm having dinner with a bunch of people. Here's what I'm going to do. There's a giant cockroach right there. I'm going to take off my shoe and kill it in the middle of the table. No reasonable Again, Kevin, human being would do this. Get swanked, man. And get also, swanked. <laughs> she went total swank on that one. But also, <laughs> like, she's saving this hawk, right? She's supposed to, like, respect all animals, all life. She's like, no, I'm going to murder this thing with a high top. I mean, like, it's a cockroach, right? If I see a roach, yes. it's dead. Yes. Although technically speaking, you're not supposed to. I heard an old, maybe it's a wives' tale, and Kevin can tell me. But you're not supposed to like smash them because they carry egg sacs, and the egg sacs will get in your feet, and then you'll carry them all over your house, and the eggs will just hatch, and then you'll just have nothing but cockroaches around you. But I, I you can teach them stuff, and they can That's, become a circus. That sounds like a wives' tale. <laughs> It might be. It might be. Uh, anyway, the monks all ignore her because she tried to kill this thing. And then one day she's running around in the park and she finds a, or in the wilderness and finds a praying mantis, which she completely displaces from its natural habitat and brings it to one of the monks. And he's like, now you're starting to get it, Julie son. Take the animals from where they are, risk killing them and bring them to me. We love you. Uh, yeah. Miyaki gives Julie a headband so she can learn how to use all of her senses. Uh, and it works until because uh, he, he blindfolds her. But she completely loses focus and gets sandbagged yet again. I did skip the small part here where uh, Eric uh, just completely quits Alpha League because he gets a call from his mom. And he's like, <laughs> I got to go. My mom's calling. And, and Duke's like, you're not dismissed yet. And he's like, I don't care. My mom's calling. And he's like, you're not dismissed. So, like, you can't just leave. 
And then he's like, well, then I quit. And then he goes yeah. up and answers the phone. And it's and not it's his not mom at all. It's Julie. And he's like, hey, Julie. He and she goes, hey, I hope I didn't get like, you into trouble. And he goes, well, I just lost my entire future because I answered this phone. But whatever. Again, another situation where a script could have been used there. No, where yeah, someone no, 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 would have been no, no, nice. Hey, hey. Uh, I'm not sure if you know, but your entire plot line is you want to be a fighter pilot, and that's the only, only reason you're in Alpha League. So you right. might be a little upset that Julie Prank called you in order to make sure you were feeding her live beast talk that may or may not have ripped your face off. Yeah, what this needed, what this needed was a moment where he was he needed to be all in with Alpha League, and Julie needed to be like the one thing that made him realize that that thing was not a good environment for him to be in right mm -hmm. he needed to sort of be a little bit more like these are my friends and and i'm conflicted about this but from the get-go you're like this guy fucking hates this he's just waiting for the thinnest of excuses to quit this bullshit His because it's yeah oh my mom called <laughs> fuck you i'm out guys yeah. <laughs> i don't need this hey by the way uh don't you live with your mom don't you see your mom every fucking day aren't you taking care of your mom like like you could have even thrown a line in there. It's like my mom has cancer, and they would have been like, "Oh, okay." Then that, then, it's then run to the phone. Right, to the yeah. phone. It's an emergency. But instead, but, it's like his mom is calling. He forgot his lunch money. What, right. what they needed was Hillary Swank, and because of the teachings of Mr. Miyagi, yeah, show Eric the better way to live his life. And then he uh, needed to have a moment where he's like, "Fuck you guys, I'm not doing this anymore." And it needed mm -hmm. to be like a bigger thing. We get that sort of later, but he's already quit at this point, so it's like it's not as impactful. So, so I just looked it up. It's actually Alpha Elite. Oh, Alpha Elite. Oh, thank you. I must have heard Elite and just said League. So, I apologize. Sorry about that, guys. We're gonna call him the League from now on. Um, what they really needed was this teacher who goes out to tell Dugan and McGowan, "Hey, McGowan, your mother's on the phone." What they really needed her to do is be like, to see how Dugan treated this kid and be like, "You fucking leave this." class you're out like you're you're fucking out you know she sees this awful behavior from the teacher because they show her reaction to like wait what She's the like, fuck whoa and they also needed her to be like okay go to i need to talk to the officials at this school because he was really rude out there and also i saw him destroy 16 year olds out on the lawn the other day yeah he broke he a dude's beating, kidney <laughs> he was punching these kids in Hard. public not Who just knows like what happens in private it's not, not just like a, a dojo yeah. Like, this is out of school. Yeah. And it's not, like, it's not like it's not like a wrestling instructor showing you a move and then goes, hey, guys, we're going to drill this live. And it's going to get a little intense because we're actually going like full speed. But I have your best intentions. He just punches Eric in the face. Yeah. <laughs> just for guys. just for spite. Just because because Eric got a good piece of it. But he's like, I'm going to fuck yeah. this kid like, up. I've been waiting for this shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's only two. There's only two ways that could have gone, right? Is they cut to a scene of the principal, like in his office with a window looking down on the courtyard, being like, uh, "That Dugan really running the all elite," or you have Terry Silver now in the school going, "Man, he got that Eric guy. Man, I, I, I love this guy. He's good. perfect. Yeah. He's perfect." Yeah, I like to believe that it's that somewhere out there in the in the in the world of Karate Kid, Terry Silva is still bitter and still plotting against Mr. Miyagi and Daniel yeah. Sennett. Now Julie and Eric, who Eric now runs a very successful car dealership. So, oh, no, that's, that's LaRusso. Sorry. Anyway, let's move on. Uh, Julie finally masters the high kick and then completely ruins the rock garden. Uh, then we get a montage in which Julie trains under the world's saddest waterfall and then demolishes a sandbag uh, <laughs> later that night at, when she's finished. With her three-day training of karate, uh, the monks throw Julie a party, a birthday party, so that the head monk can shoot an arrow at Mr. Miyagi, which what? he catches centimeters away from his heart, that and was then a gift. gives 
the arrow to Julie as a present. Thanks for the and arrow. And I'd be like, I don't want that. <laughs> and please never do that again. That's really dangerous. And Miyagi's like, well, I'll show you that if you can just focus, you can master one thing. And she's like, I got the high kick. You don't need to risk death. Yeah. But I, honestly, but- I, I was so disappointed with this whole scene because it's like the – this is why this movie sucks. It just feels like, what should a Karate Kid movie be? This is the laziest answer. And, oh, we're going to train her in three days. How are we going to show her? Let's have, like, some Yoda-esque scenes. Let's have some Obi-Wan-esque scenes. But make take any heart out of it. And it make it so lame and the least hype thing imaginable. And it's like her with the sandbag was never fun to watch. And it was ne- I never felt like, oh, she's overcoming this. It was kind of just, like, paint by numbers. This whole movie's paint by numbers in the worst but way. Paint by also- numbers? What, Tim? There was no numbers. It's literally just a guy spitting green paint against the wall. There's no, there's literally, there's no numbers. But no like, pattern, yeah. The, the thing that she learns, like, is basically the thing from the last movie with the ropes, or the second movie with the ropes, with, with like, giant knives on them. That was more dangerous. Yeah. This is less dangerous. Yeah. They're just sacks <laughs> that seem to be, like, engineered to not hurt that much. Yeah, they're not really trying. Like, they tried to set up in the first Karate Kid that Daniel had taken karate to a degree, so he had some basis in it. And I guess they try to do that in this as well. But the the idea that you could teach her how to beat five dudes who are literally training on the lawn every day with a fucking military instructor, and you can do that in like three days, it just does, it seems very, very thin. Like, I don't, like, with, (laughs) with, with, it was two weeks, though. Was it two weeks? I guess that. Yeah, because she gets suspended for two weeks, and they went there. It's just like it's just weird. But I guess the whole point of this was not necessarily to teach her how to how to fight for a tournament. It was to give her confidence in herself, and 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 it works because the next day she arrives back at school a brand new person. Um, Kevin, what were you gonna say? I was just gonna say like it's also super weird that they grant her a wish, and that her wishes. I hope you guys come and hang out with me. A wish and the gift. The gift is this yeah. weird demonstration, which is terrifying. But they, dan- the they g- dance to the music, Kevin. They dance. Oh, I they forgot began, that. They scene. Came, became yeah. friends. They all became friends. Yeah. Let me, uh, let me let's point see. something out here just real quick, Nick. I'm sorry. And Kevin brings yeah. up a really solid point is that Julie is now like best friends with these monks who have never left the monastery. But now they have a reason to leave the monastery, which is Julie. Bowling. Oh, Julie. Yeah. Oh, bowling. Bowling. Yeah, you're right. Julie <laughs> and bowling. Okay. See, I have a th- I have a theory. Okay. On this, that the monks aren't real monks. They're just con artists who uh, spend their weekends going out and fleecing local bowlers for all of their money. Sure. Because I, I'm gonna say it. I honestly like the, all the movies have moments that are kind of like a little bit like okay, if you push this. Just that much further, it'd be culturally insensitive. This is the movie that feels the most racist of all yeah. of them. And it, I, I don't think it necessarily crosses the line like too much, but it's just the whole thing. It's like, why do we need to go hang out with monks? Like, that just feels like if you ask someone that didn't understand like anything about karate or anything about that, it's like, okay, where where's Mr. Miyagi gonna take her? To the monks. And it's like, I don't know. Oh, yeah. More, and then, then what's gonna happen? Doing. The monks are gonna go hang out with her. What? the fuck and i don't and tim you but you also make a, a another point there is like if i know anything about the world it's that the best monks live in enclaves outside of boston hmm. <laughs> definitely yeah definitely that's why it's where most of them well, actually none of them that's where all the good monasteries are none of those monks were fighting they were just monks that like it seemed like they, they were, were just, just meditating monks. yeah 
Um, Julie arrives back at school the next day. Brand new person. Her principal, who is just daft as shit, is like, oh, Julie's really got her shit together. I guess she's cool. I'm going to keep going on my fucking, I have to imagine, drug-induced fucking day because uh, I'm out there just not giving a shit about what's happening to my students. Uh, she and Eric head up to the roof. Nick, did, you have Ned. Catch, did you happen to catch when she comes into school and she's like all bubbly and it's like, hey, Julie, she didn't have any friends before this. No, yeah, nobody no knew who friends. she was. Yeah. They all hated oh, her. Jules! When she and Eric get to the roof, they discover that Angel has been taken by Ned. There's a little tussle there and he's like, oh no. And he's like, what did you do with my hawk? And Ned, Ned, the big tough guy who is not afraid to assault anyone in any second is like, I called animal control. And Julie's like, oh, Okay, we'll go get it at animal control then. Not, I fucking ripped its head off and now I'm wearing it around my neck to piss you off. Oh, no, no, I called animal control. They're taking care of him right now. And actually, yeah. it turns out that you mended the wing totally improperly. So they have to actually take some x-rays and stuff like that. Guys, they're going to take care of it. Don't worry about it. You're not um, a vet. You just had duct tape around its wing for two weeks. Like, <laughs> wasn't even duct tape. It was like a piece of gauze that the thing could have easily ripped off. Uh, they head to the animal shelter, and Miyagi uses his magic hands to fix Angel's wing so they can so that they can set it free. And he goes, "If you believe, Angel will believe too." And and then Julie goes, "It's he's a bird. She is a bird. She cannot believe in any of this stuff." And I am basically keeping her captive because she's my only friend. And Miyagi's like, "It's time to let that go." I'm your only friend now, Julie San. And she's like, you're an 80-year-old man. <laughs> you cannot be my friend. You don't know anything about prom dresses, as we'll figure out in the imminent future. What a um, they finally let him go. Well, I think yeah. this was supposed to be indicative <laughs> no, of no, no, sorry. the loss of the parents and all that stuff. I'm sorry. It was I, supposed to be pretty. I was talking about the scene that's coming in like five minutes oh, where he goes dress scene. shopping for no like reason Very without awkward. her. Without her. Very awkward. And then like does a terrible a job great. explaining nothing to this poor woman. It, just, it really just seems like what it reminds me of is how in the 90s, a lot of actors were cast to play roles that were pretty much the same role that they already played. Mm-hmm. And it just seems like this isn't even Miyagi. Like this yeah. is Pat Morita playing another yeah. character that's pretty much Miyagi, but in another movie in another franchise that has nothing to do with Karate Kid. And so to see this this sort of like fish out of water be in this situation where he's shopping for a, a, a young lady, like his granddaughter sort of figure, it just it just feels off. Like none of this feels real. It just feels like they... <laughs> Oh yeah, Pat. We loved you in that Karate Kid movie. Do similar stuff like that, but now you're shopping right. for a dress. It's just, it's stupid. Really now, sad. what I lo- what I want to do, I do want to point out, is that the um, the actress acting opposite Pat Morita in this scene is crushing it because she was like, <laughs> I don't know what the fuck this guy is talking about, and I am very scared now because he's like, Oh no, 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 the dress is not for me. It's for a a, a young girl, and she's like, Okay, and he goes. <laughs> you know she's got a good spinning back kick and she's not you know and then he starts describing her body i'd be like this uh hold on a sec jeanette can we get the police on the phone please? <laughs> thank you um, go on anyway uh he buys her a dress and it's, this is more I, uncomfortable than the shopping scene in pretty woman for crying out loud i mean oh this god is brutal but see that i mean like i this could have been a really fun scene where he takes her shopping and then surprises her with like the dress and that could have been a fun moment where you know, they learn some stuff together, but instead he just decides to buy her a dress. Now, and then here's the thing. I guess this is like, this is, uh, uh, I guess, significant other dependent, what they like, what they don't like. The idea of buying my wife an expensive dress that may or may not fit her gives me 
so much anxiety. There is I've never no, bought my wife clothes in her entire in our and entire I never life. will. I, ne- I I have purchased clothing items for my wife before, but she has sure. been either standing there or she has told me the exact garment to buy. And even right. then, I'm like, "Are you sure this is exactly. the one my wife set aside? Yep. Are you sure about this?" Yep. And then because she's like, "I want my wife's very big on like surprise me with a thing that I absolutely know that I want that I already set aside. Yeah, that's yeah, the that's key to a healthy relationship. Uh-huh. Anyway, uh, Angel flies away. It's all good. Whatever. She gets a prom dress, and then Miyagi teaches her how to dance, and he surprises her with a prom dress. She's like, "Hey, Mr. Miyagi, you're really good at this. You should have a kid of your own." And he goes, "Oh." We just kind of gloss past that where she's like, you'd be a really good father. And he was like, oh, fuck. (laughs) Peter McAllister, the father. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. The the reversal of like, I'm going to teach you a kata trick. I'm teaching you to dance was so poorly executed. And also such a stupid idea. I mean, why is that, Kevin? Is it because the dance moves that he teaches her haven't been used at a senior prom in fucking 80 years? Like, nobody does. Here's how you slow. Kids, if you're going to your senior prom next week and you're like, I'm so worried about slow dancing, then here's what you do. You put your hands delicately around that person's shoulders and or waist, depending on where you feel comfortable with it. And you just move from one side to the other. That's not what I had a problem with. What I had a problem with was it looks like I'm having a fucking, like, like a moment to myself when I'm trying to fast dance. People are like, what's happening with Nick? Is he in his pants? What's going on? What is he fast doing Fast dancing is the opposite of slow dancing. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like I'm on fucking drugs out there. I'm like, this is the Carlton. I'm just going to do the Carlton. Everyone just, let's just default to this. My two dance moves, Kevin. Just a ton of snaps. Just all snaps. My two dance moves, Andy, were always the Carlton, right? And then what I learned from Will Smith from Hitch, Ten and two, just keep them here. Keep them here. Uh, I thought you were gonna do the, the Men in Black thing. Oh no, that's back. No, 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 that's Backstreet Boys, Annie. Yeah. That's your dance. Anyway, you, Nick, you glazed over her. Her maybe one of her better lines in the movie, which makes me cringe just thinking about it. When her going, "What if there's a waltz? I don't know how to waltz." You're like, okay, first of all, do you think this is a scene in the Mary Antoinette movie? We yeah. haven't done the waltz since 18th century Germany. Okay? It's this like is a, not a cotillion or a debutante ball. This is a you. senior prom in yeah. 1994. Here's what you're going to dance to, Tim. You know what songs were hot in 1994? We're talking probably like TLC. We're talking like R. Kelly, Boys to Men. You're dancing. You better figure out how to dance to fucking hip hop. You know what I mean? Cranberries. The cranberry uh, is definitely huge in my senior prom. Yeah. And also at my senior prom, the most important thing wasn't learning how to dance, it was how to sneak booze into the venue. Like, who, who cares yes. about dancing? <laughs> <sighs> All right. So then, Eric, the next day, the monks come to visit. And can you imagine the grandmother coming home at this point? She's like, what the fuck are you doing in my house? <laughs> who are all these old people? Uh, Eric shows up uh, the next day later to, to pick up Julie for the prom. And Miyagi threatens him with a knife. Um, and he's like, you better bring her home by 10. And then Eric, in a, a masterful negotiation, goes, how about 1 a.m.? And Miyagi's yeah. like, all right. Be careful. It, it, That's it. The the threatening was like the the weirdest Miyagi moment we've had. I feel he's like I'm in this whole series. Where he's just Pichalikov. sitting there chopping, just like keeps showing now, here's, the knife, and it's like I, I I get it, but this is so unlike Miyagi. He's so um, like good about communicating with people. Yeah, he's just like pretty passive. Not usually threatening. What's also he's worth going, noting is that he threatens. 
to basically cut the guy's dick off if he mistreats um, Julie. And Eric is the one male in her life other than Miss Miyagi who's not mistreating her. And the other guys that are mistreating her, he just talks very philosophically to and kind of gives them a pass. I was like, why don't you take your monks over and beat the shit out of Dugan's kids <laughs> and just let them fucking know before they decide to bungee from a fucking the ceiling of the gym. Oh. Guys, anyway, we got to the- gotta set these kids straight before they bungee from the, from the roof of the gym. Good. Uh, let's see. Eric almost kills all of uh, both of them on a one-way street as they go to the prom, and then Miyagi takes them on bowling so they can again, swindle some local idiots out of their gas boobs. money. What's he's that? Just staring at her boobs. That's why he gets in the wreck. He's like, it's uncomfortable. And how did he get on a one-way street that's like five lanes wide? When did he make the turn? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. You think she would have noticed before? Maybe she was staring at his boobs. Uh, everyone has a great time at the prom, except the guy who accidentally blows his shoulder out as the alpha league decided to bungee jump from the ceiling. <laughs> now, here's what I'm going to tell you, Tim. Tim, remember yeah. when we, when you came in at Kind of Funny Live 3 and you came in from the ceiling? Mm-hmm. Do you remember how much prep that took? Remember yeah. how we had to rehearse that? And then you had to wait up in the rafters for like uh-huh. 45 minutes and you lost feeling in your feet? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How did those Maybe. guys get – how did this – I love it. Like, but also, I feel okay. like this entire movie happened because some of those actors pulled some strings and knew some people. They're like, make a movie that, that somehow gets me bungee going from the, mm-hmm. the ceiling of this gym. And they're like, all right, fine. I guess, I guess we can get Mr. Miyagi. Tim, it's just great that nobody noticed – until after the slow dance ended and they were presumably going to go back into fast dancing yeah <laughs> when the slow dance ends and the, the lady goes on the horizon. Oh, my, oh my god look and then these three guys jump down again the really really bad slow-mo we talk about all the time how we hate slow-mo that it's shot in high frame rate it's just like it's Ugh. just 30 it's oh, 29 gosh. frames a second 24 frames a second slowed down even more right. so the guy breaks his arm and then again i already said the line but i'm gonna say it a fucking again i'm like uh, he broke his arm. Like, what the hell's wrong with you? And he's like, oh yeah. Well, at least he was brave to try it. <laughs> like, what? Why is he trying it? Why? I'd be like, I'd be like this. First off, that's that's a good question. Why are you doing this? Second off, you didn't invite me to try it. It's not like you gave me Eric. That they, they didn't call Eric and say, hey, we're bunging tonight. And he's like, nah, guys, that seems too dangerous. They never even told him they were doing this. I'm like, your argument is completely <laughs> null and void. And then thirdly. Uh, this is just a safety tip for anyone bungee jumping. If you're about to bungee jump off of something, A, make look. sure your rope is the proper length, and B, look down below you to make sure there's not a fucking gazebo down there that you're going to smash through. <laughs> you literally had all of the time to measure where you were going to jump from. Yeah. And you yeah. were like, uh, I'm not going to hit that gazebo. It's the only thing no. in the gym that I could hit, but I'm not going to hit it. Don't worry about it. We also have to talk about the reasoning for why they even did it. Thank because you, it Andy. Seems like at this, it seems like at this point, Kevin, that they don't even – like it, it's not until they're landed and then they're pissed off and they go their separate ways that a uh, guy with a no upper lip, uh, 28-year-old, been doing steroids Ted. his whole life. Ned. Uh, Ned. 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 Sees McGowan with Hillary Swank and goes, "Oh fuck, they're together right now." So like, I don't know what the initial jump. No, down he's known was for a while, for. right? He's well, pissed. no, he's. I mean, he's known that that like, I don't know. It feels like that was the moment where he's like, "Oh shit, I gotta go confront this," because the there bungees? was no need to con to confront it beforehand. But they still bungee down, and I don't know what the point. There's is. a, you know there's a conversation is. that they should have filled filmed where it was ned sitting there talking to the the whatever the the leader of the alpha elite no just being like man. and then and then get this we bungee cord down and the alpha elite guy mm-hmm. was like 
That's gonna that's gonna be really fucking cool. That's gonna be cool. Do you think we should? You know what it is? Let's fucking do it, dude. But why? (laughs) You know what it it reminds me of? Like, did you guys ever have a group of friends that like just you were like you guys were not cool, but they were the friends that thought they were cool, and you're like, I know I'm not cool. You guys aren't cool either, and they would always do things. And you're like, guys, the people, are like, oh, gonna, people are gonna fucking love this. And you're like, no, they're gonna think you're nerds and dorks. Don't do that thing. And they're like, no, we're gonna tuck our t-shirts real hard into our fucking jeans and get our braided belts. And then we're gonna, and this is finally what people are gonna think we're cool. It's like in this high school, the alpha elite are just a joke. They're like yeah. way too extra, and everyone's like, "Oh God, the fuck, those guys are fucking back!" Yeah, like, why are they always yeah, wearing yeah. just the same like uniform? It's so stupid. Let me anyway. Okay. Also, though, and I feel like we none nobody has even mentioned this before, and and this was my immediate thought. Yes, there was no impetus. Yes, there was no discussion. Yes, they came out of nowhere. But also, why bungee and why not repel? Because when you bungee down, you then have to like climb back up, unhook your feet. <laughs> you're you're right. dangling upside down. There's no like, <laughs> or couldn't like if they repelled down and like landed and unhooked, and they're like, time to start the prom fast dance, right? Like that would have been cool. <laughs> But instead, <laughs> they they yeah. bungee, they bounce. A guy breaks his arm, and then cut. They're out of the bungee cord, and, and Ned's gone. like, "You motherfuckers, you yeah. bunch of pussies." We're they like, had to Whoa, like hold Ned. on. Wait, hey Jack, can you Jack, can you check this? Yeah, th- it's there, kind of time isn't weird. there? There's a shot where their friend like comes over and unhooks one of them, right? I think so, but I, like I, they needed a shot of everyone in high school being like, "Whoa, that was so cool!" But instead, they just get reaction shots of kids and being like, "What the fuck like, was what's that? happening?" <laughs> you guys are lame. Well, because the the girl points them out as if they're being raided by like the cops because they know <laughs> they're doing illegal stuff there. But I hate I Kevin. I would have hated to be the friend that had to unhook them because you know he was like kind of sitting by the bleachers and that like kind of looking up like, God, like. I, I wish I could be the one. Right. Green light, <laughs> green light for the bungee. Oh, <laughs> so ridiculous. Say, uh, anyway, okay. this scene is obscene. Uh, but guess what, yeah, guys? Let's just say you're on scenes. set that day. You're you're yeah. a PA. You're like the assistant director. You're you're on set of the the prom. Tim comes walking in and he's like, guys, listen, I know it's not in the script, but I was thinking about this last night. What if the guys bungee jump from the ceiling? And you're like, I don't know if that really fits in the plot at all. And he's like, yeah, but we got these bungee cords from a sharper image last night. And I think we could use them. Yeah. He's like, well, shit, you're yeah. right. Might as well. Might as well. We got it, it you, know what they, you know what they say, Josh? This is what they always thought. It adds production value. Guys, Correct. the bungee yes. scene yeah. is going to make this look like a $40 million movie. This movie was $12 million, but we can make it look 13 You know, yeah, we can make it look 12.5 with this bungee scene. Anyway, so Ned and and Eric get into it, and then Julia's like, it's not worth it. Let's just go home. We've had a great time in so far, and we got to see one of them hurt himself. So that was kind of a icing on the cake. Let's just go home. Uh, Eric heads. Of course, when they get home, Ned has followed them, and he proceeds to smash all of Eric's windows and challenge him to a fight at the docks. And then Julie rightfully goes, don't go there. That's, you know, he's going to just take you to, you're going to get ambushed. Why don't we just call the cops? And Eric says, well, they won't, he'll, Ned'll just lie. And then Julie says, I've witnessed this. You've witnessed this. And not only the two of us, but a house full of monks witnessed this. Do, who do you think – do you think the cops aren't going to believe Buddhist monks? <laughs> versus a guy that is in the alpha elite. Yeah. It's like there's some problems happening here, man. 
Yeah, I gotta assume point. this isn't his only time that he's ever done anything shady or wrong. He's ha- he has a record. Like clearly, yeah, this, this guy, guy has been this guy's been tearing this around. This guy town has like crazy. a chemical imbalance. I mean, yeah. Anyway, Eric stupidly heads to the dock where Dugan and the Alpha team are do in fact ambush him, and they torch his car and they beat his ass. And then with Eric beaten, Dugan orders I think Walter Go- Walton. How do you say his name? Walton? Wal- Walton Goggins. Mm-hmm. Walton Goggins uh-huh. to execute him. And then he's like, um, no, I don't. I think that might. That's a lot. Like, <laughs> I don't think I'm going to do that. And then so Michael which- Ironside's like, what do you think I've been training you guys for to kill people? And he goes, yes, in war where you can maybe justify that with the fact that we're defending our country. But we're on the docks of Boston. Like, this is not war, bro. And also, my hairline's receding. Should I take Propecia now or later? And he's like, well, yeah. I'll start taking now because I'm not, you know, it's probably Well, you know, yeah, you're supposed to start start young. How old are you? I'm 27. Like, okay. He's like, oh, it's too late. <laughs> Wait, why are you in high school <laughs> still? Yeah. Also, I really like Alpha Elite. <laughs> don't you think that Eric should have pointed out the fact that they had set up like a Mortal Kombat fight scene from the movie? Like, <laughs> the trash cans are on fire. Everything's on fire. It's all set up perfectly, and I'm going to be the only one fighting Ned. Meanwhile, Ned has never been alone any time this whole movie. He's always yeah. followed by, like, seven cronies. Yeah. But I, yeah. I do want to add, like, for for Walton, Walton Goggins' character, Walton. you just blew up a car. Like, yeah. th- there's literally the shell of a car on fire. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, kill this guy. That's what's expected of you. How do you not yeah. fucking know that? You know what I mean? If you all incremental, like it's it's you know what like it's grooming, right? It's all incremental. Like you start them off by just wrestling a little bit, and then you elevate it to one of them just breaks the other person's nose. Then you elevate it to torching each other's cars, and then you try to overthrow the American government. You just try Correct. to do that's that's where we're going with this. But yeah. you know, it's not like he, it's not like hey guys, first day Alpha Elite. Thanks for coming. Really g- glad to see some new faces, everyone. Let's welcome Tim. Uh, today, we're going to be studying um, how to murder a human being. And we're going to need Kevin to step into the center. And we're all going to fight to the death. I don't know. It's weird. Anyway, uh, Ned, Walter's like, no, I don't want to do that. And then, of course, Julie Miyagi show up uh, to take Eric away. And then Julie is like, they're like, you guys suck. And Julie's like, I challenge Ned to a fight. And Ned's like, okay. Okay. <laughs> and then Ned gets super cocky and Julie sweeps his leg and then drops him like a sack of potatoes. And then Ned's like, oh shit, I got to step up my game. So as a last resort, he throws mud into her eyes. But little does he know, she's been training for this all her life, Tim. And by mm-hmm. all her life, I mean for one day in the past two weeks, she's totally. been training blindfolded. Why? So of course she focuses herself with a kata and then wheel kicks his fucking face <laughs> <laughs> Hey, this was like brutal. a jump spinning kick, which is spinning like cool. back kick. So yeah. first back off, kick. don't show kick in slow motion to make it even more obvious that the fate that the hit didn't connect. But I hate all of this to sort of mirror, um, Blood to sport. sort of mirror what's his face from Karate Kid One, Johnny that Lawrence. guy, Johnny mm-hmm. Lawrence, to mirror his emotions to being like, wait, uh, Sensei, you, you want me to? Because you know, obviously, we got we got Dugan being like, "Take her out I forever, like, and end it now, kill and everyone." And suddenly, he's like, oh, oh, "Okay." And they try to make him look scared, and like, <laughs> suddenly, he's this this scared child now. You can't pull that off again because this guy has been like, I guess Johnny Lawrence is pretty relentless the whole time as well. But y- you can't just try to make us feel sympathetic for the bad guy in this one time. In this moment. one moment, yeah. yeah. I, I felt that same thing too, where they're like, "Man, this is too far." I'm like you're all you're all going to jail. Sorry, yeah. there's no sympathy for you. Also, the oh, my other big pet peeve of this movie, and it's kind of a pet peeve of all the movies, is that they get people 
who actually know how to do a lot of these things, like who have karate training or, or martial arts training, and they surround the main characters with them. And then when the main characters start doing the choreography, you're like, oh, that person just learned this move like two weeks ago. <laughs> and that was that was issues I had. It kind of worked with Daniel Russo because you're like, okay, he's supposed to kind of feel frail and not really know what he's doing. And especially in Karate Kid 3, like he barely, he wins by like one point. That's the only yeah. point he scores the entire time. But dude, like, when she throws these kicks, you're like, Hillary Swank just has zero fucking interest in martial arts. <laughs> She's not trying to do any of this movie so I can do real material for Christ's sake. I don't even think when she was doing the the her like karate like training underneath that waterfall that was basically just like a mowing faucet that they turned on over top of a rock. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And she's going like she's basically just going like ah, ah, yeah. Ah. And you they're know, like, Josh, the, uh, you know what just keep me of? doing things that look like karate. <laughs> well, I'm sure they taught her katas, and there was a fight choreographer on this, but this, the choreography in this movie specifically, and the way the fighting unfolds, reminds me a lot of when they fight in Footloose and Kevin Bacon <laughs> kind of fight dances people, <laughs> where yeah. he like, instead it's of kicking, he like fighting. twirls, does like a little pas pa de jour, or whatever the hell they call it, like kicks like pas de bret. Yeah, you just call it a pas de jour. I was gonna call it a pas de creme, but that's a thing you eat. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All right, let's move on with wait, this. Wait, wait, anyway, one, more, uh, one more thing. One more thing. The mud blinds her for like a solid forty-five seconds, where yeah. she could just go, and then be done with it. Like as soon as it happens, it's not even that much mud. Kevin Sam gets everywhere. It's coarse. Mm -hmm. I hate it. <laughs> anyway, she beats him up, and then he realizes, "Oh my god, I've been terrible this whole time." And Dugan's like, "I'll fucking fight her." And everyone, and the guys are like, "No, dude, we don't we need you to do that." And then Miyagi's you're, like, "You're seventy. You're He's like, "You're not gonna fight her because then I'm gonna fight you." And the Miyagi just handles him. And he says, oh, no, but first we have a cool line. Sorry, I wrote him down here, guys. So we have to say it. So Dugan tries to get the rest of the guys to fight Julia, but they're all like, dude, you're fucking insane. I'm done. I'm done with this. And then Dugan says, it's not ogre, over. So Miyagi tells him, then we finish. And then That's fucking cool. backhands him into the 21st century. Here <laughs> <laughs> is, I shit you not, more epic than the end of Predator. It's insane. And then Miyagi is about to put Dugan's lights out. And you think, Tim, you think... It's going to be the honk. You yep. think it's going to be the honk, uh -huh. but it's not. He just blows on him real hard, and Dugan goes to the ground defeated. And all of his Alpha League, or, or elite, excuse me, are like, well, we're done with this. I guess we'll try marching band because that's what the cool kids do. <laughs> uh, and then Julie tells Miss Miyagi. Way to throw that one in there, Nick. Way to throw that one in there. Thanks, guys. Oh, this is where she tells Miss Miyagi, you really kicked butt back there. And Miyagi tells her the, the real truth about fighting. He says, fighting is not good, but if you must fight, win. And then we end on a freeze frame of a sailboat, which, again, I assume is <laughs> supposed to be the hawk, but the hawk left the frame right before a freeze frame. They were like, ah, sailing. That's what this movie is really secretly about. Uh, Oh man, what a fucking movie! It's so weird because we've we've reviewed a lot of bad movies in 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 review. I put this one in a different category where it's oh just like God. it is so boring and just so lame. But it ended up being a good in review, so maybe it's not all bad. <laughs> I I don't know. And he hit me with the haiku in review. Syllables in the middle. You'll need five for the first and last line. If you're not poetic, no need to fret it. Haikus don't need to rhyme. Haiku. In review, haiku in review. Everybody, full stop. You can go to patreon.com/slash kind of funny to write your review in haiku form, like Liz Lawson did. Mr. Miyagi deserves a better ending. Why did they make this? <laughs> <laughs> Salty Bob says, Dude works for the school and just assaults the kids like in broad daylight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> in front of everybody. Like this guy's a like. There's not one parent that drove by and was like, "Wait a minute, that's not cool. That is not cool. We need to elevate this to the superintendent immediately." Here's the thing: this isn't the first year this alpha elite has ever existed. <laughs> this has been going on for at least two decades since this guy got to the school. He would have been fired a long ass time ago, dude. And he would, yeah, like there's no way. Now it, it never 90s, really went man. into his into his military history. So is he just a colonel of the all elite? Did he like give himself that title? He's like, call me colonel. <laughs> it, it, I, he he had to have been like the leader of all elite in a Street Fighter movie or something because he's right. A, yeah. a, the, Michael Ironside, I would say, is like the king of straight to DVD, uh, yeah. straight to VHS back in the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do that. Yeah. And then the last one comes from Blackjack. Sun is warm, green grass. Julie's not in Daniel's class. This one ranks dead last. Oh, uh, this movie is complete ass. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ragu Bagu. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Rad Guys Talk Bad Guys. Here for the Karate Kid franchise, I'm your host, Nick Scarpino. Alongside everyone you see before you, if you're if you're listening to this, we've got Arnold Schwarzenegger on this podcast. He's just been silent the entire time. Yeah, come on, uh, yeah it's me. Uh, number one, we have Terry Silva, Crease, and Mike Barnes from Karate Kid Part 3. And number two, we have Johnny and Crease from the original Karate Kid. And number three, we have Chosen and Sato uh, from Karate Kid Part 2. Where do we want to put Dugan and Ned? First and- off, <laughs> fuck yeah, last, you all gave right? him number one. The last movie that ruled. Yeah, we did. Come on. Yeah, yeah, we did. Well, I'm just saying that. Andy, the guy's a billionaire, a billionaire who takes 90 days off of his schedule running his multi-million billion dollar empire that fucking hides toxic waste to exact revenge against the high school kid and a retired man. Of course he's going to go number one. Hold on. I just – obviously I missed the last episode and I, I wrote down some thoughts, oh, but I forgot my Andy. favorite moment in the movie to describe to you what kind of a bad guy is is walking up to you. Um, Sir, the plutonium deal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the plutonium deal. And again – Again, there's a small portion of me that thinks plutonium, Back to the Future, is yeah. all of this tied together. We don't know. But there you go. Yeah. I, I'm so wanna... happy you appreciated it, Andy. Oh, this, I, honestly, this goes this goes last. It's and last, I, right? yeah. I can kind of see an argument for potentially putting it above Chosen in Sato just because no. of how ridiculous the alpha elite is. <laughs> like, when you really break down like the fact that this is a paramilitary thing, it's like, what the fuck? But they don't do anything interesting at yeah. all. There's no I, fun I, moments with them. So well, what we needed, what we needed to make this movie, what we needed to make this movie as fun and as dumb as part three or part two, and have it be on the level of like Nick always talks about: good movie, good bad movie, bad bad movie. You know, we needed this movie to be in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, we needed her to not go to this to this monastery. Like she needed <laughs> to interact with the bad guys more, so we could see them be more and more ridiculous, so that we could laugh at it. But they just didn't have a whole lot of interaction. And so the super, the serious nature of their back and forth, it just feels more like it doesn't make sense and it's bad as opposed to like, this is funny because it doesn't make sense. Yeah, Uh, right. Absolutely. Like like in in, in Credit Kit Part 3, you could tell the producers were like, we know... We know. We know. We We get it. Okay. We know. We've done the heartfelt Karate Kid. We've done the fish out of water. Let's go explore a different culture Karate Kid. And it's more about, you know, Pat Morita and Mr. Miyagi's character. What if we made the bad guy in this so ridiculous that even as we're filming it, we just keep laughing? Wouldn't that be fun? Like, Josh, let's do 30 days of filming and just make the most absurd bad guy ever. Yes. In this one, they were like, 
I'm so tired and I've had way too much cocaine. How do we just get this fucking movie done? Okay, what about a guy? What if he has a metal hand? Yeah, put the metal hand. Fuck it. Let's have a metal hand. How about that? No, no, guys, we don't have we don't have the, the budget for metal hand. We have we bungee got these jumping. bungee jump, we got these bungee cords from sharper image image that Josh gave us. Let's use those. Anyway, this is dead last. Let's move yeah, on. Yeah, let, let's rank. Now it's time to rank the, the movies. Currently, the rankings are number one, the karate kid. Number two, the karate kid part three. Number three, the karate kid part two. And number four, I presume, the next karate kid. Do we all agree? Yes. I would like to yeah, argue. Let's sure. all try to argue this for number one. Let's just go around and spend 30 seconds and see if you guys can find anything redeemable with this movie to put it at number one. Andy, starting with you. The, uh, the kids with the with the guns, with the the Nerf guns. They look like a they had a good time. A lot of development there. A lot of character development there. Josh McCuga, to you. Why is this movie I number one? It, I said it at the beginning. I'll say it again. Monks Bowling really ties this whole movie together. Monks yeah. Bowling. Mm-hmm. Kevin. Oh, there's a hawk that doesn't die. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> <You> got you. <laughs> Tim Geddes, why is this movie number I, one? It's the dance scene, man. Like the dance scene. I want you guys to know, like I said earlier, that for 30 years of my life, the only Karate Kid movie I had seen was this one. Oh, and Jesus when God, people would bring up Karate Kid to me, the thing that comes to mind first is monks dancing. So for 30 years, that was Karate Kid to me. So I hope I'm that's so the reason. Sorry. For me, you guys are crazy. This is definitely number four. Oh, okay. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, funny. It's funny. I you got it. I sandbagged you guys. Yeah. You there it. we go. There we go. This isn't now, just a bad Karate Kid movie. This is like an epically bad movie. Movie. It's yeah. weird. It's yeah. weirdly bad. Because yeah. like, like Karate Kid Part 3, you're like, yeah, you're dead right, Andy. Like it's it's a bad movie, but it's entertaining to the point where like this is so absurd yeah. But I'm in. I'm, I'm in on this. This one's just like I, this is one of those movies that does the cardinal sin where I kept pausing, going, "How much fucking longer is this? How yes. much longer can I listen to to Julie complain about her hawk and and these one dimensional characters just take up screen real estate? Let's just yeah, move again, on." Again, I, you know, this movie was just extremely boring, and even the final fight scene. Just your movie can be really, really bad, but you have to nail that and nail the hype, and it. I think it's easy to do that because. Part three, terrible, dumb, bad movie. But even at the very end, you know, during that, uh, I guess not at the very, very end, but before they go train Daniel and Pat, and then he's like, can you finally train me, Mr. Miyagi? And he's like, yes, Daniel, son, I will. I'm like, holy fuck, they're going to do it. And then training montage and the movie ends and Daniel sounds like they're all happy. And he's like about to hug him. He's about to bow. He's like, ah, screw it. And they hug anyway. Like I still had happy tears, even though that whole fight scene was terrible. Yeah. This, this whole final fight just, just absolutely sucks shit. It was just really, really bad. (laughs) Yeah. Part of me me was hoping that one of the barrels next to him blew up and just killed them all. (laughs) (laughs) What a great ending. You You know what we haven't even said this whole time? is the movie just starts and this kid is already picking on Julie. Yeah. There's not even like a motivation for it. Like how yeah. long has this been going on? Yeah. Like yeah. has she been living in this hell of uh, all elite guys just harassing her for being her? Well, it seems like it seems like he had a crush on her, but he yeah. want he hates her. Like I, I don't know, it's just terrible. I think Ned movie. secretly hates himself, but yeah. well, that's a that's Clearly. a movie for another day. Clearly. Well, I'm very happy that we got through this because now we get to move on. To Cobra motherfucking Kai. I'm I cannot so wait for you motherfuckers to watch this shit. Uh, so here's the deal for in review for the rest of the year. We got Tenet coming up this Thursday that we're going to be doing so for Nolan in review. Uh, then we are going to be off. 
for two weeks until we come back in the new year where we will be doing uh, Wonder Woman 1984 and then the Thursday episode, I think it is, it might be Friday, I'm not sure, around there, first week of January, we're going to do one episode that is Cobra Kai seasons one and two. So you guys have the two weeks off to watch the the whole seasons one and two. It's not that much content. It's about four hours a, a season-ish. Um, and then we're going to talk about it. Very exciting stuff. And then that following Monday, we're doing Karate Kid season three because it comes out that Friday. Very Cobra exciting. Kai season three. So exciting. All right, yeah, Cobra, Cobra Kai. Kai season three. We so get, get hyped, motherfuckers. They Let's fucking, go. They made it Stop. and they called it Cobra Kai. It's so cool yeah so cool. they didn't so call it tim they didn't call it the karate kid no nope. which is by the way a name and has probably actually probably i would say a little bit better name recognition than cobra kai but not much cobra kai is pretty people know what that is cobra they decided rad as a name. they called it fucking cobra kai that is so dope andy andy what what where's your hype levels for cobra kai right now i mean it's hard for it not to be overhyped because it, like when you and I had that back and forth on Twitter. So many people replied like, Andy, you haven't watched it yet? Yeah, get ready. This is going to be fucking awesome. So I'm trying to temper my expectations, but it's really difficult to because it just seems like everybody thinks this is like an incredible series. It I mean, incredible. Incredible is a word. Be yeah, yeah, to be clear. It's not it, incredible. Everything you enjoyed about Karate Kid 3, it's they just deliver that. So Okay, okay. With yeah, some I, of the heart of Karate Kid 1 and, and 2. Yes, I, I mean... Yeah. Yeah. Look, I'm not I'm not expecting, you know, Emmy award winning writing or acting or anything like that. But I am expecting, again, Fast and Furious levels of hype. Oh, you're there. Just and cool you're going to fucking get, you're gonna get oh, it. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. All right. Anyways, love you guys. Makuga, thank you for joining us. Uh, we will see you again in 2021. Yeah, but buddies. until then, love you. Goodbye.